Yo, Eagles Nation, stand up. How'd Barkley put it? <laughs> Looking like another grease pole night in Philly. 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 Facts. We have reached a point of hope here in America, perhaps, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Grease Pole Podcast, Episode 9, the Nick Foles, Rodney Pete episode. Thank you so much for taking part. You can follow the show, as always, at Greased Pole Podcast on Instagram. Subscribe, rate, and review on both Apple Podcasts and Spotify is both of the platforms where this bad boy is available. If you have done so already, appreciate you. If not, I would appreciate it. J.J. Uh, Watt, ladies and gentlemen, is now saying he is willing to take a knee. Captain America himself. So maybe, maybe as much of a shit show as things are, maybe there's just a glimmer of hope that Captain America, Mr. White Guy himself, J.J. Watt, is willing to take a knee, allegedly, <laughs> when football season rolls around, if we have one. We'll see how uh, how that actually plays out when the time comes. Love to see him put his money uh, where his mouth is, though. But nonetheless, enough of J.J. Twat and Captain America. Hope he sticks to his message but still can't stand him nonetheless. Don't want to hear about how humble your life is when you've got a fucking elevator in your house. So... Episode 9 of the Grease Pole Podcast. Appreciate you being with us. And I wanted to travel down a certain avenue uh, for this episode. So again, episode 9, immediately what number jumps out to you in the history of the birds? It's Nick Foles, obviously, right? So the reason why I wanted to jump down this avenue again, because of there's been a lot of discussion since Foles last suited up for the birds in 2018 of whether or not to retire uh his number nine okay and also because of the fact that there are currently nine jersey numbers retired in the history of this franchise so that's kind of why i wanted to go this route of exploring retired jersey numbers for episode nine i thought it was pretty fitting at least i did personally so hopefully you guys enjoyed as well hopefully it's a conversation that you guys will enjoy and the reason i I kind of get off on on legacy type Hall of Fame things. I've always been I don't want to sound like soapbox guy here, man, high horse, but always kind of consider myself from growing up playing and and coaching and things of that nature and in my adult life uh sort of a student of the game, man. So from a young age I enjoyed kind of going back in in from a young age, that's how I learned a lot about players. Okay, this player is being induct, inducted in the Hall of Fame. Now let me go back and learn some about his career and see where he got to where he was to be inducted in the Pro Football Hall of Fame in Canton, Ohio. So things like that, jersey number retirements, any sort of you know records, legacy-related type shit, I'm a mark for it. I love it. So if you're like me, this will be right up your alley. If not, regardless, hope you enjoy it. But again, nine total uh, numbers to this point, have been retired in the history of the Philadelphia Eagles. Just to run through them real quick to refresh your memory. 
D9R, number five for Donovan McNabb. Steve Van Buren's number 15. Brian Dawkins, Weapon X, the GOAT's number 20. Number 40 of Tom Brookshire. Number 44 of Pete Retzlaff, who just died recently, RIP. Number 60 of Concrete Charlie, Chuck Bednarik. Number 70 of Al Wistert. Number 92, the Minister of Defense, Reggie White. And number 99 of Jerome Brown. Also RIP, gone way too soon. Now, with these nine numbers... Fun fact, nugget of knowledge time, kids. The the Eagles actually have the fifth most retired numbers in the NFL. The fifth most retired numbers in the NFL with nine. The four teams above the Birds, you've got the Giants and the Chicago Bears, both with 14. The San Francisco 49ers have 12, and the Kansas City Chiefs have 10 numbers retired. And then you've got the Eagles at nine numbers out of circulation. So I thought that was a, I thought it was a pretty cool fact. And when you look at the different categories of of the way these things happen, you've got, you know, again, the nine numbers that are hanging in the rafters at the link. And you've also got kind of like those numbers that are floating out in the ether. They're not officially retired, but they haven't been reissued. You know what I mean? You can look at even even for the Flyers, like Pelly Lindbergh's number 31. You know what I mean? Young, prodigious goaltender, uh, won the Vezina Trophy. This kid was going to set the world on fire. Great goalie for the Flyers. War number 31. Ended up, you know, getting hammered and, and wrapping his Porsche around an elementary school, around a pole in front of an elementary school in Jersey. Gone way too soon. The number 31 for the Flyers has not been officially retired yet, but it has not been worn since, I believe it was 1985, when Pelly Lindbergh died off the top of my head. It was either 85 or 86, but... The number has not been issued since then, but it is not hanging in the rafters of the Wells Fargo Center, officially retired by the Flyers. So you've got a few of those as well with the Birds, just to touch on a few. Just as we mentioned, number nine of Nick Foles, okay? Hasn't been worn since 2018, and you'd be hard-pressed to find a bigger Foles supporter than me. I get we're only nine episodes into this thing, okay, but people that are that have known me for years, I used to spend an unhealthy amount of hours in Facebook groups on, you know, Facebook Eagles groups arguing Nick Foles versus Michael Vick. You know, again, let history show I was on the right side of that one. Love Nick Foles. You know, and again, obviously the Super Bowl season does not happen without him being able to finish a job after Carson tears his ACL. Uh, Super Bowl MVP, he is a god in Philly forever. No question about it. He's got a statue outside the link right now. Okay, that's that that's good in my book. That's about that that's fine. I think a jersey number retirement, you have to have longevity there. And I think when you talk about the history of this team, Foles is at least in a moment, Foles was as important as anybody in this team has ever been. But personally, when I think of Jersey retirement, what I think of is longevity, the best of the best for a long period of time, sustained success. I don't think you can have your Jersey number retired unless, again, special circumstances, death. Uh, You know, I think if you're going to have your Jersey retired, you need to have been with a team for some time, and it, you have to have been consistently among the best players at your position in that league. I think that while Foles finished the job and won the Super Bowl MVP, and Super Bowl 52 does not happen without him, 
he was not the best quarterback even on the team at the time when the Super Bowl was won. The better quarterback was on the sideline in crutches with Carson Wentz. Again, you know, does that Super Bowl ultimately get won with Carson? I think it does. He was playing an MVP level that year. I think that's the year Carson kind of started to come into his own. I don't think you could take a quarterback's rookie year into account but so much. But I don't think, despite it being a popular opinion to retire Nick Foles' number, I don't think you can officially. I am completely on board with it being one of those numbers that's kind of floating out in the ether and not reissued without his blessing. Kind of like another guy we'll get into here in a moment. I just don't think that Nick Foles has the longevity needed to officially hang his number nine in the Raptors at the link. That said, if you want to kind of hold it, keep it tucked away for, you know, 10 years or so, even longer. I don't think anybody's going to wear it as long as Jeff Laurie is the owner of this team, but I don't think it should be officially retired. Number 12 of Randall Cunningham, last worn back in 1995, man, back in the day. Uh... This is another one that's that's this popular among fans. I think it's and it's interesting because you know the owner Jeff Laurie, he's not going to allow anyone to wear the number twelve unless Cunningham approves. Which reportedly, you know, that, that's just it's not going to happen. Back in two thousand eleven, uh, if you remember, the Eagles signed uh, wide receiver Steve Smith, the other Steve Smith, not the good one, <laughs> the less the less the less talented one, not the Hall of Fame one not the future Hall of Fame one, I should say, who played for the Giants and wore number 12 for the Giants. And Randall Cunningham said he wouldn't take a million dollars to allow Steve Smith to rock number 12 because of the honor, what it meant to him to have that honor bestowed on him in the organization. Again, mind you, his number wasn't officially retired, still hasn't been. It's just kind of one of those, you know, Unofficial retirements, they set it off to the side. It means a lot to Randall Cunningham. So as long as Laurie owns the team and Randall Cunningham, you know, seemingly has the ability to think for himself, it doesn't seem like something like anybody else is going to wear the number 12. And I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that. Randall has his place in Eagles history. Again, just like Foles, I do not think. And Randall has more of the longevity that Foles does. Foles just has the higher ceiling because of the Super Bowl. But I don't think you can officially, my opinion, I don't think either one of those numbers should be retired officially, you know, but I'm fine with them getting the Pelly Lindbergh treatment. Also, number 25 of LaShawn McCoy. Now, that was last worn in the year 2014 before the, the great Kiko Alonso trade <laughs> where he traded the most, the, the leading franchise, leading running back in franchise history for a guy who basically only caught one interception in the Monday night game against Atlanta and then blew his ACL out. But he did become a trade piece for the Birds to move up and get Carson Wentz, him and Byron Maxwell. So I guess at the end of the day, it wasn't for nothing, right? You know, Shady's the all-time, like we said, all-time leading rusher in the history of the franchise. The Birds have previously attempted to acquire him again. I think that may be kind of the reason they're holding off on reissuing the number 25. But, again, if they bring him back, maybe they'll give him his number back. I think that's a nice gesture, but don't expect it to be permanently retired, and it shouldn't be. No disrespect to Shady. It, it, 25 should not be retired. If it wasn't retired for Tommy McDonald, it shouldn't be retired for him. And uh, the last of the kind of unofficially retired numbers, and this one isn't really going back that far either. It's kind of like Nick Foles. Uh, although he does have Foles beat in the longevity category, 
Brent Selleck's number 87, which was last worn in the 2017 season. You know, and Selleck's the shit, man. I love that guy. But, you know, should his number be retired? Eh, No. No. I think you give it another few years and you'll likely see another number 87. Ninth all-time in receiving yards in franchise history and only one player ahead of him has had his number retired. That's Pete Pete Retzlaff, number 44. Only one guy ahead of Brent Selleck has had his number retired. So, again, love Selleck, but he's he's not a guy that's worthy of having his number retired. Give it a few years, you'll see a number 87. Which brings us to our next guy in terms of guys that were ahead of Brent Selleck in terms of receiving categories who should have had their number retired. This is a guy that since I was able to grasp the concept of exactly what this honor is and why they give it out, and learning about guys who played for this team before I was even born. For the life of me, I've never understood why Harold Carmichael's number hasn't been retired. Number 17, you know, Carmichael spent 13 years in Philly as a player. You know, he he basically, when you look at the Eagles' franchise receiving record book, it essentially is Harold Carmichael. His name is everywhere in every meaningful category. He's first all-time in receptions with 589, first all-time in yards, just under 9,000 at 8,978, and he's first all-time in touchdowns with 79. He's a four-time Pro Bowler, three-time second-team All-Pro, member of the 1970s NFL All-Decade team, and a member of the Eagles' 75th anniversary team. Just now, finally, getting his just due, this year as a member of the uh, Centennial class, getting inducted to the Pro Football Hall of Fame in Kenton, Ohio. Well overdue. Well overdue for Howard Carmichael, and I'm glad to see that he's not one of these guys that gets inducted posthumously because he deserves it. Absolutely deserves it. You know, you look at those numbers for back when he was played, they jump off the page at you. Now, looking at other players, and this this is what kind of makes it even more of a shame that Harold Carmichael's 17 is still in circulation because you look at some of the guys that have wore it since he retired, Freddie Solomon, Aurelius Ben. I don't know if anybody remembers Aurelius Ben. I was actually kind of geeked up when we signed him, and I don't think he played a single regular season game. Receiver out of Illinois. I liked his skill set a lot. He was a second-round pick at Tampa. You know, brought him on. The Birds did, and he did dick all of nothing. Absolutely nothing at all. But he did wear number 17, even if it was for 10 minutes. Nelson Aguilar (laughs) was also – a guy that wore the number 17. Couldn't catch the clap in a whorehouse in the number 17, but he wore it nonetheless. And then currently, uh, Alshon Jeffrey wears number 17, which I was, uh, you know, in the first couple of years, man, I was all in favor. I'm like, okay, if anybody is going to wear the number 17, I am, I'm fine with Alshon Jeffrey wearing it because he's every bit as talented when he's got his head right as Harold Carmichael was. So if you're going to kind of take some of the stink off of that number since the Harold Carmichael days, Alshon Jeffrey's the guy to do it, and he was for a couple years. You know, his first two years in Philly were spectacular. You know, the Super Bowl year and then the 2018 season as well. Great. Last year, not so much. A lot of drops, injuries, things of that nature, rumors that he's a Judas, talking shit about Wentz in the locker room, yada, yada. You know, and I got, I got high hopes for Alshon this year. I hope that he can turn his act around. I hope that he can be a, a huge contributor for this team. You know, because this receiving core, is, is, it's young now. It's young and it's fast. There's a lot of speed around Wentz. 
You know what I mean? Alshon's skill set would fit in perfectly. Do I think he's deserving of wearing the number 17? If he can play at his full potential, absolutely. But my point is I don't think when you're for such a long period of time when you are far and away the best player at a franchise's at a given position in the history of a franchise, I think you're worthy of the honor, man. I think you are. I think Harold Carmichael should have had his number retired. You know what I mean? I think that's that's one of the qualifiers to me, in my opinion. If you are an elite and elite talent in your era, and franchise-wise, history-wise, it stacks up. You are a cut above everybody else across the board for several decades. I think it speaks for itself. Unless, of course, you're the Cincinnati Bengals and they've had the best left tackle in NFL history and still have only retired one number. Fucking bizarre. But when you've retired nine numbers for a team that's only won one Super Bowl, okay, goddamn, I love my birds more than I love anything in this world outside of my family, but come on now. And Harold Carmichael's not one of them. He should be, in my opinion. So he's kind of the only one to me, legacy-wise, looking back, that I think should be retired. I don't really think I've – you know – Instagram comment section, hey, Brian Westbrook, number 36, get out of here. I love B. West, but no, his number doesn't deserve to be retired. Mike Quick, number 82, no. I think that, again, you can't, when it comes to retiring a player's number, it can't just be everybody that's really good because eventually you're not going to have any fucking numbers for players to wear. You're just not, unless they start putting three digits on these jerseys. You're going to run out, you know what I mean? Everybody can't be the Yankees, you know? and retire 78 numbers. It's fucking egregious. You know what I mean? You've got to leave some for the generations to come. It shouldn't just be a participation trophy. This is, in my opinion, aside from being a Hall of Famer, this is the highest honor you can get. In many ways, it's more exclusive because you have less, at least I would think, I don't I don't want to be held to this. I'll have to do the research, but... I, I'm almost positive. You, I mean, you're, you've got less 32 franchises in the NFL. Again, there's a couple that don't have any numbers retired. The Bengals have only retired one. There's a couple that only have like two, three. There's less numbers that have been retired than people in the Hall of Fame. Now, again, the standards for the Hall of Fame have gone way down, and that's conversation for another day. But I think this in its own right is every bit as prestigious as the Pro Football Hall of Fame. It's a team and an organization the city letting you know, you made your mark here. We don't want anybody else wearing your number after you're gone. And those numbers, man, they mean something to a player. They do. They do. If you ever played any sport for any length of time, your number means something to you. It holds it holds a significance to you. That's a hell of an honor to give away. You can't just – it's not a participation trophy you give away to everybody who you ever cheered for on Sunday that gave you fantasy points on your team. It's not the way it works. So, in terms of looking at live sip, Dunkin' Coffee was uh, looking really good, so I wanted a sip, and I hope you enjoy the live sound effects. Nonetheless, so looking at what I wanted to do was look at the current roster and kind of look at who I thought would be number 10, the next player up to be retired, whose number should be retired by this franchise. And again, I think 
it it's going to be really hard because I think it, it at least if you're a fan, you're going to say, yeah, retire everybody from the Super Bowl roster. It's not the way it's going to be able to work, man. You know, you get about, if you're lucky, you get one out of every generation, maybe two. You know, fortunately right now, this is the best era to be an Eagles fan. So top to bottom, this this team is, is this roster is as stacked as it's ever been. So I think you can make an argument for several guys. I've got five <coughs> that <clears throat> jump out at me. And while this guy's not one of them officially, part of the top five, I do want to at least mention his name. You guys know how I feel about Carson Wentz, man. It's my guy. I'm not willing to put him on the list yet. You know, because the longevity isn't what McNabb's was. I was there. McNabb's the last number this team retired in 2013. It was the uh, the Thursday night game where Andy Reid had just left and him and his new team, the Kansas City Chiefs, came to the link to play new head coach Chip Kelly and the Philadelphia Eagles under the lights, primetime Thursday night football. I was at that game where McNabb had his number retired at halftime. It was awesome, except for the fact that the birds got the shit kicked out of him. <laughs> So, other than that, the you know, the retirement ceremony was cool. It was cool to see McNabb uh, get that. And, again, that was 2013, though. It's been a while, as it should be. These things should not happen every fucking year. So, the longevity is not there for Carson Wentz yet, clearly. Uh, you can throw out the injury question and be lazy like everybody else does in the Facebook comments. I get it. Ha, ha. He's been hurt a lot. He's missed eight regular season games, people. It's really not that egregious when you think about it. It's really not. So I think the potential is absolutely there for Carson Wentz. Just didn't want to put him in this category yet. But I have to throw him into the conversation, at least as an honorable mention, because I am Captain Wentz apologist. So now to the official, I guess, uh, list of guys who I believe have the best odds to have their number retired by Jeff Lurie and the Philadelphia Eagles organization uh, in years to come, post their career, whenever it may be. Uh, Number 86 of Zach Ertz. And I think that... Again, this is another one that, you know, I'd like to see another couple years productivity out of before we really, really, really have the conversation. But it's hard to argue with his resume. And, again, a lot of this, especially when you juxtapose to guys like Harold Carmichael, a lot of this is a product of just the era in which we're in now. It's such a fantasy football-friendly game, and the numbers are so damn inflated. He's entering his eighth season with the Eagles, played all uh, seven of his previous, played an entire career, with the Eagles, was drafted in the second round in 2013. He's currently fifth in franchise history with receiving yards, 5,743, and second in receptions with 525. That's only 64 behind Harold Carmichael's franchise record of 589 already. That's Ertz could set that record this season easily. Easily. I expect him to if we have a season. Fuck COVID-19. But if we do – I expect Ertz to break it just at the pace and the clip he's been playing at the last couple of years of chemistry that him and Carson Wentz have. He scored the eventual game-winning touchdown in Super Bowl 52, and by the time it's all said and done again, this is a guy that could potentially own every meaningful receiving record in team history by the end of his career when he retires. Just, just the way if he stays with the Birds for his entire career, if that's another handful of years, he could own all of them. He could own them all, man. That's just the way the game is now. That's the way the game is now. So I think you definitely have to put 86 in the conversation. Up next, give me 62. My man, Jason Kelsey. Love this guy. I'm a center apologist. I played it, played the position. Absolutely loved it. 
love the center position, so I'm a bit of an apologist, but I love Jason Kelsey. If you're an Eagles fan, how the hell could you not? He's a six-round pick in the 2011 draft out of Cincinnati. He's coming into his 10th year with the team. Three-time Pro Bowler and a three-time first-team All-Pro is part of his resume. You know, and he's one of these guys that's he's routinely rated among the best centers and O-linemen in the NFL by Pro Football Focus. And you can say what you want about Pro Football Focus. I like a lot of their shit. Some of it I could do without. But the way they break down offensive linemen is incredibly it's, – it's as detail-oriented as you're going to find, point blank. I trust their O-lineman rankings above anything. That's just my opinion. So – and I think Kelsey's been rated at the top year after year after year at his position along O-linemen in general for a reason. For a reason. You know, he can get to the next level for a center, man. He's so damn good. He's a leader of this team. He's a captain. He cut the famous Hungry Dogs promo in a mummer costume after the Super Bowl, man, drinking beers with fans down Broad Street. Love this guy. Whether he gets his number retired or not, Jason Kelsey's one of those dudes. It's kind of like cult hero status. And he will be forever. He's not a guy that's going to need his number retired to be remembered. I just think at the end of the day, he's absolutely a guy you got to put in the conversation based off of his resume alone and what he's meant to this team. <clears throat> number three. Let's go with number 55 of Brandon Graham. Number 55, also worn by Frank LeMaster, who I met once. Awesome dude. Awesome, awesome dude. Let me hold his NFC championship ring. For 30 seconds. Had about a 20-minute conversation with him. Couldn't be a more down-to-earth guy, Franklin Master. But to the current number 55, Brandon Graham, who spent his entire 10-year career, his past decade, with the Birds. He was a first-round pick in 2010, 13th overall. Time to put to bed the questions over taking Earl Thomas ahead of him. And I was one of those guys at the time, but stop it. Stop it. This guy's legacy is what it is. He's fifth currently all-time in franchise history in sacks with 51. He's the only player in the team's top five that's played more games as an Eagle. The only one in the top five all-time of sacks that have played more games than Brandon Graham is Trent Cole. Reggie White, Clyde Simmons, and Hugh Douglas are the three that Brandon Graham has played more games than as an Eagle. He's played more games than as an Eagle than Reggie White. Think about that. Fifth all-time in sacks, which is a tremendously important stat, especially when it comes to this organization. And we'll get to with the guy at the top of this list as to why stat that came out this past week. And just think about, again, the most monumental moment in the history of this franchise. Not even close, Super Bowl 52. He's the guy that got the strip sack on Tom Brady. No defense had been played all day, all game that night. Super Bowl 52, none. Brady threw for over 500 fucking yards in that Super Bowl. But when it became crunch time, Brandon Graham got back there and made a play. Strip sack on Tom Brady. Derek Barnett recovers. The rest is history, Lombardi to Philly. There it is. He made, arguably, because there's a couple in that Super Bowl that you could argue, possibly the biggest play in franchise history, as well as his ranking in terms of all-time franchise with the sacks. I think by the time it's all said and done, you absolutely have to have a conversation about Brandon Graham's number 55 being retired by this organization. For the next one on this list, man, I don't. This guy is not technically a current, technically not a current Eagle. But I think if I were to handicap tr the true odds in terms of who I thought the next number would be, 
to be retired by the organization, the 10th one, this would be it. And it's just because primarily of age. But I think it's going to be up in the rafters at the link, and that's number 71 of Jason Peters. This is a guy that the team acquired from Buffalo for a first and a fourth-round pick in the 2009 draft. You know, he was unhappy with his contract, held out of the Bills training camp, but the Eagles immediately signed him to a six-year, $60 million extension, I believe it was. During his time with the Birds, he was a seven-time Pro Bowler, two-time first-team All-Pro, two-time second-team All-Pro, a member of the NFL's all-decade team of the 2010s. In my opinion, surefire top 10 Eagle of all time, not even a debate. He's a lock for the Pro Football Hall of Fame. He's as good at any given position as the team's ever had, in my opinion. Best left tackle in franchise history. Best left tackle in franchise history. And that's that's what we were talking about when we talked about Harold Carmichael. If you've got a guy that is as good as at his position, at his given position, as there was in the league at the time for a sustained amount and is the best at that position in your team's history, man, check, 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 check. Again, the Pro Bowls, the All-Pros, he's got the resume to back him up. Jason Peters is a top 10 Eagle of all time. I don't even think it's a debate. He might crack the top five. Maybe that's a list for another day. Who knows? But I think he's a lock as a top 10 Eagle of all time, in my opinion, and he's a lock to go in the Pro Football Hall of Fame one day. Again, so if you're looking for credentials, Jason Peters got them all. And the reason I, I say he's more likely more likely to be number 10 as opposed to the next guy on our list is just because Jason Peters is so close to retirement. We've seen him the last couple of years, injuries, He's looked uncomfortable. It's still effective, but looked uncomfortable getting in a stance at a time. You could just tell the injury history he's had, the age and everything else is catching up to him. But that doesn't mean, like, in his prime, nobody was better than Jason Peters. Save for maybe Joe Thomas for Cleveland. But it was those two right there, neck and neck. Joe Thomas in the AFC, Jason Peters in the NFC. Best left tackles of a generation. The next guy I think is an eventual lock for sure to have his number retired by this team unless he just spontaneously combusts and, you know, certainly hope that doesn't happen for, you know, several reasons. One, he's a human being. Two, uh, he's a fucking terror to opposing offenses. That's Fletcher Cox. I think you will see his number 91 in the rafters at the link uh, for the next generation for sure, in my opinion. You know, he's entering his ninth year with the team. First rounder in 2012, 12th overall pick. He sits seventh in team history in sacks with 48 as a defensive tackle. This is not, this isn't Brandon Graham as an edge rusher. It's easier to get sacks as an edge rusher. You got the speed, you can work off the edge. It's easier. That's why you see edge rushers have constantly higher sack numbers in defensive tackles, save for Aaron Donald a couple years ago because he is a fucking anomaly. But you don't get defensive tackles that get 20 sacks in a year that often. You just don't. So to be that high as a defensive tackle, it tells you how damn good Fletcher Cox is because nine times out of ten, he's getting doubled. And he's still able to beat it and still get back there and put hands in the quarterback's face, still pressure him. Quick releases, if he's not able to get to him, he's affecting the play regardless. 
most effective player on the field, arguably, is number 91, Ed Midnight Green. And remember, this is the team. This is a stat I said we were going to get to in a minute when we're talking about Brandon Graham. This is a franchise, the Eagles. This stat I saw this past week, the most sacks in NFL history by a team combined. Every sack ever in the team's history. And again, that's kind of skewed because sacks didn't become an official stat until I believe it was 1982. And clearly a team like the Houston Texans that have been around since 2002 aren't going to have as many sacks as, you know, say the Birds or, you know, the Vikings or teams that have had good defenses over the years that have been around since sacks have become a stat. So it's kind of skewed a little bit. But, again, still something. Still when I saw it went, man, holy shit, that's awesome. Most sacks in NFL history combined as a franchise with 1,665. So essentially you could say this is the most prodigious sacking team in history since it became a stat. This isn't going back to the Deacon Jones days and the Steel Curtain days again. So since it became a stat, the best franchise in sacking the quarterback is this team. Fletcher Cox ranks seventh and counting, by the way, right? He's played more games as an Eagle than Reggie White has. Resume, five-time Pro Bowler, first-team All-Pro, in 2018, three-time second-team All-Pro, and he was also with Jason Peters, a member of the NFL's All-Decade team of the 2010s. Now, again, those are just, at the end of the day, do I think all of these numbers are going to be retired? No, of course not, and I don't think they should. Those are just kind of the favorites if I was handicapping them. Uh, Fletcher Cox would be my favorite, and, you know, Zach Ertz would probably be, you know, had the least probable odds as it stands at this point. Although I think there's a very good conversation to be had for all of them. I wouldn't be mad if if any of them got retired. I don't think you can retire them all. But I would venture a guess. I would all but book the fact that Jason Peters is going to be next, that he'll be number 10. You know, again, he's on the back leg of his career anyway. Would love to see the team bring him back as a backup to Andre Dillard, just as a mentor for another year. Uh, you know, there's mutual interest there. Love to see him come back, but his days are numbered in the NFL Five years after he retires, he's walking into the Hall of Fame. I think if you're going to put it in a sequence, he's the next one that you see retired. I really do. And I think he absolutely fucking deserves it. So do I think Fletcher Cox does too. I think he's every bit of a lock to have his number 91 hanging in the rafters at the link. And I think he deserves it as well. Brandon Graham, Jason Kelsey, Zach Ertz, they're all conversations I think you have. Carson Wentz, I think, eventually gets there. But... I'm more high on him than a lot of people. That's my guy, man. That's my quarterback, like T.O. said. You know, and and I just think that when you look at the history of this franchise, man, all the nine numbers that have been retired now, number number 10's not, not – it's not far off. It's just a matter of at what point in time – I don't think Jeffrey Lurie's going to sell this team anytime soon. So at what point in time is he going to decide to pull the trigger on these guys? You know, I think you got to kind of give a guy a few years after he retires to make the decision, you know, which is like they did with McNabb. If you look at the numbers that have been retired, the previous, the nine that have been retired already in the history of this team, only two have been, quote, Jeff Lurie guys, Dawkins and McNabb. So... To Jeff Lurie's credit, and again, he doesn't get the credit he deserves as an owner because you can't draft an owner on your fantasy team. But this fan base is so damn lucky to have him as an owner. 
You know, think of what where this team was before he bought it. He gives a shit. He cares about this team. Of course, it's about making money to him as well, yes. But he cares about this team, man. He cares about the organization. He cares about the city. He wants to win. He cares about the fan base. It's a good move to not – he comes in. He's owned the team now for uh, – since 1995, I believe, 94, 95, without looking it up off the top of my head. You know, that's that's 25-something years, man. 25, 26 years without fact-checking it. But to only retire two numbers in there, it tells you, like, he's got a high standard, which is why this team has come as far as it has since he's owned it. All that shit rolls downhill, man. Jeff Lurie's got a high standard. That goes all the way from, from the top, Jeff Lurie, Howie Roseman, Doug Peterson, all the way down to the players. It's the reason this team isn't a joke anymore. Point blank. Point blank, he's a great owner. And when the time comes, I trust his decision. Those are just the guys that, for my money, the routes that I would take. What do you think? Hit me up on Instagram, at Podcast. Always open to your feedback. As always, subscribe, rate, and review the podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Uh, This has been Episode 9. I think it's been fun. I don't know uh, if anyone else is a history buff or a history nerd like I am, but uh, I hope you guys enjoyed it. Give me your feedback as well. Who do you think we? Uh, who do you think Jeff Lurie should retire next? Any of these guys is somebody off the radar that I didn't have. Again, hit me up as always. Open to everything at Grease Paul Podcast on Instagram. Hit follow if you haven't already. Subscribe, rate, and review to the Grease Paul Podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Looking forward to seeing you guys. Next time for episode 10. It's a mini milestone, not a huge milestone, but we're hitting double digits next week, kids. Looking forward to seeing you then. For the next episode of the Grease Pole Podcast, as always, go birds. Yo, how'd Barkley put it? <laughs> Looking like another Grease Pole night in Philly. 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 Philly.